0: We don't want to do that. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always
1: use your head. I'm here to clear my name. People have been blaming me all week for what happened with Cain and Lita. It wasn't my fault. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. everyone, and welcome to another edition of the, the chairshot.com Brander Show. Always
0: use your head. But that's it. That's the only one. That's the only one I'm doing. That's
1: the only one. TheChairShot.com. Always use
0: your head. Okay. I'm happy this, now.
1: This show hasn't even left the station and it's already off the rails. So. I figured
0: I would get out of the way early. I mean, there will be other yeah, reasons why it goes off the rails, but I figured I would get that aspect out of the way early because we all know how much you love the show opening that I ruined, but you know what? It wasn't my fault. It's not
1: my fault. It was my fault. It was his fault. But you know, hey, if if you're joining in, you may be wondering what the hell have you gotten yourself into? Well, me, myself, I am the ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants herself, Pretty Bird, and of course the Queen of Soft Style, my name's Miranda Morales, and this I'm the host of the Smash Miranda shit. Show.
0: I felt like I felt like after your name you need something. Like I'm Miranda Morales and they're like something needs to play and but we didn't talk about it ahead of time or anything, so no, you know, we
1: did it. No, this is not like me, a planning Dave. meeting. No. It's the actual show, right? As
0: people can tell, I mean it's funny we did play. we did have a planning meeting before the show this time. We did. But we didn't plan this part of it. This this is no. never planned.
1: This part is never planned. You know, it's like haha, here's the banter. It's like is Miranda and Greg having um just regular conversation that's recorded for all the internet to, to hear. Yes. That's all it is. It's just like that's, that's, it is. that's the
0: way every podcast is.
1: Yes. The it's off the rails. You know, I've done that three or four times today. It's okay.
0: Uh <laughs> gone <laughs> off the rails?
1: Off the rails. Well, and you might be wondering who in the world am I talking to? Well, I'm talking to my co-host, Greg DeMarco.
0: Yep, that's me. Me right here. This guy. Well, not this guy. But me, the guy who loves Adam Cole more than life itself. That's me. Craig DeMarco. Yeah. The guy responsible for <laughs> everything bad that happens on this show. It's me.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, this uh, podcast is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which is part of the The
0: Thechairshot.com.
1: Always use your head. Which is your source for all that is wrestling news, analysis, and opinions, the most reliable sports source, the best source. Um, and as Greg alluded to uh, during Chairshot Radio, we got a little, more, you know, little uh, push. Uh, some some well-known wrestlers apparently did some perusing of the Chairshot.com um, and liked what they saw. The Chairshot.com always use your
0: head yeah disco inferno is a fan of the chairshot.com and you can hear on a recent edition of keeping it 100 and he actually goes to the website and and uh and yeah i didn't talk about this on on chairshot radio do you know why he goes to the website why because he just because Someone Kevin is describing the Lucha Central Podcast Network and Conan asks him who's on the shows. And he's listing who's on the shows, like this person from this, this person from this. Miranda Morales, she's from the ChairShot.com. The ChairShot.com, what is that? So then Disco Inferno looks it up and literally starts talking about the website on the air and the things that he likes about it and like even goes into some articles and yeah, it's like it becomes like a commercial for the chair shot. This is all secondhand. I have not heard it because, like I said, I don't know if it's the. I think it was something that was just recorded. I don't even think it's been released yet. But yeah, because I know people who religiously listen to that show and they haven't said anything to me about it. So that's why I don't think it's been it's out yet. But uh, anyway, I'll take it. Like like this is just a slight step below when our logo appeared on the WWE Network in the Elias documentary. So yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, I'll take it. Moment yeah, in time.
1: we'll take it, ladies. And we famous. Uh um, that was that was. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to edit that out of the show.
1: No, no, of course not. You, you Can can't. I just
0: say this? And this is this is one of those inside jokes that no one will understand. The part of the show that no one hears because I'm editing it out. I just want to point out you did it before I ever did it.
1: I did it. No, I know. I I did that. I was working on a Google Doc, uh, for another project that I'll talk about in a second. And I did that. I put that in there like two or three times. And I Hmm. was, you know, the other person I was like, was like, is this supposed to be auto-corrected? And I'm like, you're right. It should. That should say Miranda. That's funny. So it's, it's been it's been a day. It's been a week. We are still um under quarantine. We're still under a stay at home order in the state of Arizona. It's being lifted uh, fairly soon in just a few days. But you can see you can't see. But you could hear that it's um it's taking a toll on us here. Um, so it has.
0: And taking a toll on everybody and
1: on everyone.
0: Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's not. You know, it's funny because you know I've not been a proponent for lifting it early, and kind of concerned about what I'm, you know, about a second spike and and all that. And then over the weekend, I was at Walmart shopping because I need to be at Walmart, and there's a million people around, and nobody's social distancing, and two thirds of them aren't wearing masks, and I realized well, we've gotten this far like this, so opening the gym might not be that bad <laughs> and, and it's like with you know walmart fries and target have been open and and everybody's been on top of each other in there and, and it's just so so now i'm like you know what oh yeah we're gonna find out what happens and yeah you know and if something happens we got to adjust to it but i think it might go better than than i expected who knows we have no there's yeah. no precedent we, no, we don't no know idea.
1: but you know what if you are looking for something to wear in your next trip to Walmart or to the gym, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And there you can get your very own chair shot t shirt. I mean, there are a ton of designs, colors, and styles to choose from. Of course, there's the OG chair shot shirt, multiple use your head shirts. Of course, hashtag save tag team wrestling. Uh, if you want to be ironic, you can get the Corona chair shot shirt. Uh, Second Nern, uh, which I, this is still one of my favorites. I forgot about how much I like that shirt. Um, Baron sucks uh and my shirt the queen of soft style shirt all available on prowrestlingtees.com t-shirts start at $19.99 but if you want to spend a few extra dollars you can get it in soft style which means you can add an extra level of comfort to you as you are you know trying to social distance yourself at a walmart or a target or at the gym because you know people are going to be coming back to that it's going to be new years all over again uh but Either way, go to ProWrestlingTees.com dot forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t shirt. TheChairShot.com. dot Always use your head. Love that segue. I, I, of course, I'm going to find a segue for pretty much anything. Because yeah, I mean, why not? Like a, it's a fun game. It's a fun game to me. That's um, why you're and the host.
0: And I just push buttons. So
1: <laughs> and Greg pushes buttons. Yes. Uh, greg also complained how much he didn't play any adam cole sound bites last week so he has a lot to make up for yeah we use a lot of the energy that...
0: truth be told we just didn't need him last week and maybe we don't need him this week
1: but do you really believe that no no i always need i already them. answered that question i always you need always them. need them always yeah. need them So I want to get into this week's topic because we have some really good topics. I I
0: just thought of a t-shirt that I should make that I'm never going to make because it's talking about always needing it, right? always need Adam Cole, always need Adam Cole. And for some reason, this creative mind that's created entire websites and launched podcasts and everything else thought for a brief second, I should make a shirt that says food, sex, Adam Cole. (laughs) I'm not going to.
1: No, but you would, and you would wear it, and you would, I mean, you know that meme, that obsessed girlfriend meme, that's Greg and Adam Cole.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I have, I've, I've probably sent Miranda more pictures of Adam Cole than any woman in the world, that's for damn sure, so. That's true, (laughs) yeah.
1: You know, I'm surprised, so. This week on The Greg DeMarco Show, it was actually a really, really good episode. I listened to it Monday morning, first thing. Um, and you interviewed the lovely and talented Mrs. DeMarco, um, Holly. And she, it was a really fascinating interview. I I just liked listening to your dynamic a lot with her. Um, I've only seen and heard little glimpses of it. But to have, you know, a full, pretty much 90 minutes of it was was fantastic. Um the fact that Adam Cole was really not brought up once. I mean, that's, that's, that's true. That, <laughs> that's because
0: it's, you know, he's a newer thing and she's not – Around so much of the newer stuff Although, you know, she did One of, one of the things she got me and Still sitting over here on the floor Is the, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, Year in review where Adam Cole was the wrestler of the year But, yeah, it was more about, you know Before Adam Cole's time Some of the stuff that we talked about In terms of actually wrestling content Anybody who's listened to the shows knows that We don't talk a lot of wrestling on the solo show But uh, we talked more with, with my wife Who's not a wrestling fan Than we have with the previous three guests Who are wrestling people But that's just kind of the way it works And it's really by design Um um, it was a lot of fun. It, it was a blast to do. And, and yeah, there's there's more to come from that, it seems. Now, you know, you know how podcasting works, right? You do one and next thing you know, you catch a bug and you want to do more. And
1: yeah,
0: yeah that, that that's yes. happening.
1: That's pretty much what happened. I mean, we could talk about all the great podcasts that are on uh, the ChairShot Radio network. Of course, uh, the hashtag Miranda Show being one of them. ChairShot Radio, which we record right uh, before this, is part of that. And lots of other fun podcasts. Of course, the DWI podcast, Pod is War, The Reaction, Outsider's Edge, Badlands, just a lot of fun podcasts. So if you are looking for a wrestling podcast, you can listen to any of on TheChairShot.com You're welcome TheChairShot.com Always
0: use your head. You know we didn't talk about it but- on Chairshot Radio but there's another podcast coming to The Chairshot Radio Network and that podcast features Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say so Greg is the godfather of TheChairShot.com. Of course, he's you know the creator, the founder, the owner, you know all, all of that. But he's also the godfather of theChairShot.com. He's pretty much been on every podcast on the ChairShot Radio Network. Um, yeah, this all has Become an extension of ChairShot Radio. Of course, he has the Greg Demarco show. All of that. But this is breaking news: a new yeah. podcast <laughs> by guess who? <laughs> Greg DeMarco
0: and Patrick go down it's gonna and be a shorter podcast and we're probably gonna record it multiple episodes at a time because it's not gonna be time specific but we're gonna be taking one specific topic and doing it over time and I don't I, I feel bad revealing the whole thing without Patrick here but um let me. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna find talk, a one yeah, which is yeah, you. Talk, um,
1: talks amongst myself. Yeah, i am you know,
0: gonna. I'm just give. I'm just gonna give a tease. A it Just takes me a second for, to get there. For and a brand
1: new uh, show from from yeah. uh, the Cheershot Radio Network. Well, a little bit of network. a teaser.
0: Let's see if it. Um, a commercial might play. I'm not using YouTube. I promise, but a commercial might play. And uh, when we'll it comes see. to Look, balls, commercial, and it's the, the Manscaped, Manscaped Mallard, commercial, 3.0. which is even better. <laughs> it's <is the>, <laughs> so good. Thank we I, I recommend oh, this trainer. product. I, it's time to play the game. That's all I'm going to play. That's it. That's all I'm going to play.
1: Lots of room for interpretation of that. There is but, lots of room for
0: interpretation, but I will tell you. Go with your initial thought and keep it simple. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what I will, that's what I will tell you
1: about uh, that one. Well, you know, speaking of, of podcasts and the love and growth of podcasts, so the CheerShot Radio Network is growing. Um, and on top of that, uh, my own uh, experience in podcasts is growing as well. Um, I am now on an additional podcast um, that's part of LuchaCentral.com. Um, which is your source for everything related to the world of Lucha Libre. Um, It is a project that is just in its infancy. Um, The first episode of the English edition uh, of the Lucha Central weekly podcast is up on YouTube. You can access it through luchacentral.com or go to Lucha Central's uh, YouTube page. Um, But this is something that's a a, a big turn um, from the work that I do on thechearshot.com. Um, This is a podcast that's solely dedicated, mainly dedicated, uh, to exploring topics, uh, news events, um, and personalities in Lucha Libre. This actually came about from a previous announcement I had on social media, partnering with the Wrestling Calendar to film a segment for Lucha Central that would also be a weekly segment, um, highlighting Lucha Libre events uh, happening all over the U.S., Um, In partnership with, again, uh, the wrestling calendar, which is a website that anyone can go to to view uh, events happening. All over the U.S. and around the world. Um, right now, there's not a whole lot of wrestling, live wrestling events happening uh, because of COVID-19. But uh, through that partnership came an opportunity to be part of the English edition of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, and uh, I was asked to to participate in that. And uh, was still very young, but uh, I do this podcast with two other people surprise surprise another trios podcast uh dusty murphy and brendan barr um are my co-hosts for that show and i kind of joked in my head like the reason i have another podcast uh, and with two other uh individuals is because greg and patrick are so mean to me that i had to find a whole other podcast <laughs> to, to go on it's not entirely false if you listen to this week's chair, chair, chair shot radio they come at me pretty pretty good so I had to find a whole new podcast on a whole new uh, channel in order just to have, uh, you know, people who are nice to me. But that's the way the But world yet works.
0: you still could escape the asshole, so it doesn't matter.
1: No, I still couldn't. Uh, you know, I am very fortunate as much as I joke around that Greg is also uh, – part of the Lucia Central Podcast Network. He is helping producing a lot of shows, uh, putting a lot of things together, guiding a lot of the podcasts and putting content up um, because, you know, it's Greg. He is a a really big advocate of producing some amazing wrestling content um, and also is always just a good friend and uh, is someone that I can always rely on and count on when needing advice and expertise, especially in the realm of podcasting, Um, being able to do this and also Chair Shot Radio now for over a year, which is insane. I just saw a time hop um, on Facebook about one of the kind of first episodes I did of the Hashtag Miranda Show, Um, and that was over a year ago. So to be able to do a different project in a very different realm of professional wrestling, but something that I'm very interested in. in and wanting to learn more about and develop my podcasting skills um and have a format just like LuchaCentral.com has been very amazing and to have someone like greg who uh, is part of the production of that is fantastic and they're very lucky to have you
0: and i'm excited i'm excited about it too and and it's different work like you never really hear my name or hear me on the air there and that's kind of by design so yeah miranda knows I, i like to stay in the background as often as I can, despite yeah. the stuff I do and hamming it up on air and everything, I actually have have grown to the point where um my greatest contribution I believe is actually behind the scenes, and that's why I love so many other things that I get to do that people don't always hear about. They end up hearing about it on these shows but um when when someone's at something or hears something that I produce, they don't necessarily hear me they they hear the other people that get produced, and that's a lot of fun too, and something that I don't think I ever. You know, back when you first start doing this stuff, you don't think that's where you're going to end up, but that's where you end up, so.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so the English edition of the Lucha Central weekly podcast will focus a lot on uh, current events and news topics in Lucha Libre. Uh, for example, last week we covered um, the AAA uh, Lucha... Um, um, Lucha Fighter. Big Lucha show. Yeah, Lucha Fighter. Um, get my wires crossed uh, a triple a lucha fighter tournament uh, that's happened over the past few weeks this week this past sa- saturday was their finale um but in uh, the show that's up we reviewed week three we also reviewed the super show happening between mll mlw and uh triple a this was filmed in uh march right before all of the COVID. 19 related um, closures and travel restrictions so it's filmed in front of a live crowd Uh, we also talk about the nxt uh tournament to crown an interim cruiserweight champion uh and you know little tidbits on just um the history of AAA. Uh, they had an anniversary last week uh and we also talked about the release of kane velasquez Um, that happened a few weeks ago. It happened after all of the major releases that happened. Um, And of course, I mean, if I'm on a podcast, you know, some silliness is going to happen. So we did talk about some interesting places that we could see Cain Velasquez um, end up now that he's been released by WWE, including, you know, what kinds of independence he could go to, what other scenes he could be at, including uh, possibly going to Europe, um, wrestling for British promotions. Japan was brought up, and somehow we booked Cain Velasquez versus Godzilla. Um, so if any of that is interesting to you, you can go to LuchaCentral.com to view the premiere episode of the English edition of the uh, Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. You can go on YouTube. Um, you can check it out on also their other forms of social media. They're at Lucha Central. Um on Instagram and I believe on Twitter um, or on Facebook. You can check them out. Um, I also have a link to it on my Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Also on my Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Uh, You can check it out. Love for you to have a listen. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Again, there's definitely elements of me in it, but it is a very different uh, style of podcasting. A little bit more structured, uh, a little bit more focused on the technical aspects of Lucha Libre, but it's also very informative and very fun. Our goal is to present Lucha Libre to an English audience in a way that's very relatable, that's uh, very easygoing, um, from uh, casual fans to more serious fans, uh, because Lucha Libre is something that is still Occurring now during COVID-19, there's still a lot of great content out there that's being produced. And it's something that as a pro wrestling fan, if you're interested in learning something new, a new aspect, a new branch of professional wrestling, if you're tired about what you're seeing on uh, English TV, you can definitely check out what's happening in the world of Lucha Libre. There you go. So I also want to segue into... Uh, side projects of course um something that would have been occurring this weekend which is the izw show that was supposed to be happening in um tempe arizona um greg helps run that show produces that show um and as someone who's had to cancel a pro wrestling event due to COVID 19 i kind of just want to get your thoughts as a a promoter and someone working behind the stage, the scenes on uh, actual, you know, local wrestling, your thoughts on this c- upcoming weekend and, and kind of what's next in um, your thoughts on what's happening on the independent scene on the local level for pro wrestling.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you said that I was a promoter because otherwise it would have sounded really bad if I was like, you know, I'm the promoter, right? Because um, <laughs> like helping run it and promoting her to totally different things, but it does it was supposed to be Saturday. Saturday, May sixteenth, was supposed to be the IZW Grand Prix, crowning the first IZW champion in over a decade, um, We're pretty much right at a decade. Now it's going to be over a decade. And of course, you know, several weeks ago, we 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 canceled the show um, because of everything that was going on. And it was funny today when when we you know people found out that the stay-at-home order was going to end on the fifteenth and not the sixteenth. I was like, well, that was. Never would have been able to run the show anyway. Like no one's gonna wanna pack themselves like sardines into a small room the day after this thing ends. Like it's just not going to happen. But it is bittersweet because to, you know today's when we record this is may 12th it should be like four or five days before this show like i should be stressed beyond belief and should be freaking out and and calling calling miranda on the phone and being like oh my god is anybody gonna come to this show like what are we gonna do what's gonna go wrong like i'm always kind of a nervous wreck and and there's none of that and i actually kind of miss it you know it, it, it's um it, it does kind of stink in that regard we in february of course at monster like sold the show out and and sold out every chair and i had to go to the front and tell the lady who runs the door that we were out of chairs and that you know to cut the ticket price in half and tell anybody who comes in that you know they may not be able to sit and we had to take all the chairs out of the locker room and so so there were no nobody had a chair in there either and and so there was a lot of momentum with that people were literally chanting we want march and wanted us to run a show in march and now we're not running a show until august and so it's Painful in that regard because it's you know we just got to wait and and rebuild that momentum and that'll be fine and august will be extremely successful i'm confident in that but it's just you know and we waited as long as we could but we had to make the decision to cancel the show because of all the health reasons and and we don't want to be that person that that causes something like that to happen um but it still kind of stinks because you get a lot of momentum and that's the biggest thing like we had all this momentum rolling into may and we only run every three months And we just had to completely ground that to a halt because of what's going on, and so did everyone else. And what's really funny is this notion that a lot of people think that the you know certain independent promotions won't be able to come back. And I got to be honest with you, that's not the business model of an independent wrestling promotion. Like this notion that COVID is going to destroy all these independent wrestling promotions isn't really true. Like if you don't run a show there's no cost involved. There's no, like, like you know, there was very, very minimal cost involved in that IZW show up to the point where we canceled it. It's really just a marketing cost. And, yeah, we refunded all the tickets, but we didn't hold the show, so we don't have to, you know, use the ticket sales to pay any costs. So, it's it's not hurting us in any way except for time and, and that, that factor and the momentum. But it is bittersweet because, I only do it four times a year and it's so much fun and it's so rewarding and gratifying and and to see everyone put those things together and yet it's not going to happen and so it does kind of suck and it is a little bittersweet there because I want to do it. I look forward to it and so August 29th seems so far away from right now, Um, but I also know that, you know, it's a good time frame because we don't know what the next few weeks of things starting back up are going to bring, and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's there's a chance that it backfires and things close again. There's a chance that it goes well, and and things progress, and we realize it is okay to open up, and that's kind of what I hope we see happen, Um, but I'm just looking forward to August and, and doing all that. The push for August, I decided, the push for August 29th is going to begin on Saturday, May 16th, because that's when the show was supposed to be, it's still three and a half months away, so it, it gives us that opportunity, and we're still going to crown a champion. We're just going to do it in August, and, and we're just going to move Grand Prix to to August. I'm redoing everything. um I just feel like it'd be weird to use the same marketing materials now. Like I just think that's so associated <laughs> you gotta, with. You
1: gotta freshen it up.
0: Not just that, but that's so associated with like you know, the coronavirus and COVID-19 and we had to cancel for all that reason, like, I have to erase all that from from people's thought processes and, you know, even renaming the show is a thought, but I don't want to do that because it's going to be a yearly event, so, yeah, it just is, it's a thing, and, and it's just part of the reality of what we're living through right now, and it sucks, but come August 29th and, and when we're all standing there at the Sun Studios of Arizona and we put on this great show and the successful show and we pack that place again it's going to be amazing and it's going to be a blast and and we're going to celebrate and and be happy and excited but yeah the road to it kind of stinks but that's just the reality that so many people are facing right now so many promotions I mean you think about everybody who was going to be involved in Wrestlemania weekend and that completely didn't happen and mm-hmm. you know people that were going to go to Las Vegas for AEW's double or nothing and that's not happening and at least not las vegas it's gonna happen in an empty room but it's just all these these things that are just it's all part of reality but you know two years from now it's just gonna be this thing that we look back on hopefully that that happened and and it's an experience we draw from but life will be what life is at that point i don't want to say back to normal because i do think things will change a little bit i just think yeah it's inevitable that, that when something affects nine ten weeks of your life it's going to change um but uh, I'm excited to get there, and, and hopefully what we're easing into now is a step in that direction, and you know, for those of you who are local, and I know a lot of people were bummed when we had to cancel the IZW show, and a lot of people were like, don't, you know, refund all the tickets, just move the tickets to August, What we promised everybody, if the show was canceled, yeah. we would give a full refund, and including the ticket fees, and, and Eventbrite was good enough to do that as well, but... Yeah, I'm not worried. You know, some people are trying not to refund the tickets, try to move them to the next event. I'm not worried about that. I know we can do well, and I know it'll be exciting and fun. And and you know, all the people who are involved behind the scenes in those shows continue to to give me that confidence as well. And and you know, Miranda included. And so it's just super exciting. And and when we get to that point, it's going to be great. And so it's a little bit of rambling, but it's bittersweet now. But I, I'm really excited for August 29th.
1: I'm really excited for it, too. And you bring up a valid point regarding this idea on momentum. I think that's the biggest thing that as fans and and likely promotions, too, are more worried about that. It's not so much, um, you know, what, what it means for the future of the promotion as it is. You know, you have these shows planned out months in advance to continue to build a momentum. And when you had such a success like you had in February, I mean, we were relying on the momentum to carry us through to May. And now that the momentum has been broken up, not only just with the separation of dates, but when you go through a pandemic like COVID-19, where every day is more bad news, um, everything's related to bad news. It's kind of a bummer state to be consistently in and to you don't have a whole lot of bright spots right now. Um, so to try and build that up, not only from the momentum of an event, but to try and lift people's spirits up, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle, absolutely. But there is is such a dedicated fan base, especially locally, um, for professional wrestling. And there's so many amazing fans that have done their best to keep their spirits up, to support wrestling in any capacity they can, whether it's sharing content, buying materials, you know uh committing to going to their next independent wrestling event you know all those little things matter and all those things build up so i think it's going to be an amazing show in august it's going to be almost like a big reunion because i'm sure for many people um they won't see each other uh, during this time period. And it may be one of the first times since this pandemic has started that many people are actually going to be seeing each other. I believe for me it's going to be the first time that I'm seeing a lot of people in person in many, many months. So you're going to have a camaraderie. You're going to have, you know, an amazing fan base there um, coming back maybe to their first wrestling show. Um, there's it's likely this could be one of the very first wrestling shows that occur, Um, in Arizona, um, at least on, on a wide scale. So uh, it could be a really big reunion for not only the wrestlers, but also for fans. And I think that in and of itself is, is going to be pretty momentous. But for IZW to crown a champion, um, I mean, that's the the highlight. It is actually going to come back with a bang to, to come back um, after months out to, to crown a champion to start this new chapter. I can't think of a better way. So, you know, uh, plans may change, of course but sometimes plans end up changing for the better. And I do believe that uh, what's going to be happening in August is, is going to be for the better of IZW and hopefully for our, our local independency.
0: Yeah. That's what I hope for too. And I hope we get to be all those things that you said we would be in August. And I hope we get to do that for everybody and and even for us and and just for all that, because it's going to be, you know, nothing but the best. And that's, that's, I'm, that's the attitude I'm taking going into it you know i didn't have this conversation planned out at all it's just kind of off the top um but that's exactly the the you know that's what i'm going for and that's what we're gonna do
1: yeah hey you gotta you gotta keep the optimism you know you got something to look forward to oh, so. you know it's me I'm, so yes I'm very excited for it, and you can also get an IZW shirt at prowrestlingtees.com uh, forward slash the cheer shot. Not only do we have cheer shot shirts there, but we also have shirts promoting IZW Impact Zone Wrestling. So if you want to buy one, you definitely can. Uh, I also say for those you know who uh, want to impress their friends. Uh, just like that indie band that you may not be aware of or that artistic independent movie um, that could be IZW you know if you want to impress your friends and be like you know they're kind of they're too indie for you Uh, as much as Greg wants you know of course IZW is for everyone and we want everyone to attend but we also know that there's a fan base that's just too indie too too cool uh, for school so we uh, we (laughs) run a
0: building small enough for it to be too indie for other people (laughs) because we ran out of chairs for a reason there's a really cool you know straight out of Compton NWA themed IZW shirt that would be perfect for what Miranda just described. I'm just saying. Just, I'm just saying.
1: Just saying. So we have lo- some big picture wrestling topics to cover. Uh, I'm still like, what, 30, 50 minutes into the show? 33 minutes
0: into the show, yeah. Uh,
1: I've, I mean, we have talked about wrestling. To be fair, we have talked about wrestling, just different aspects of wrestling. It's, it's shades, it's rainbows. You know, there's so many aspects of Pro wrestling. We already talked about Lucha Libre. We talked about our local independent scene. So now we got to talk about the Big Daddy. We got to talk about the WWE, specifically what happened just a few days ago, Money in the Bank. Now, pretty much every podcast in the existence of man has talked about money in the bank in one capacity or another, many of them probably on thechairshot.com. So if you're looking for a more in-depth analysis uh, or opinions about money in the bank, you can listen to Chairshot Radio. Uh, We talked about uh, a little bit of of that this week, Uh, several other podcasts that are likely talking about money in the bank. But there's one specific topic that I wanted to harp on uh, regarding this year's money in the bank. And it's really targeted to the women's money in the bank uh, ladder match and the, pretty much the aftermath of it. So we had the match. Uh, Asuka won. She was successful in climbing up the ladder, retrieving the women's money in the bank briefcase. Fast forward to Yesterday. Monday night where there was a big announcement coming from Becky Lynch. She starts off Monday night raw coming down the ramp with the money in the bank briefcase, not Asuka, Becky Lynch. So she comes has the uh, briefcase on a table and kind of starts talking kind of in code a little bit, uh, about having to leave for a while. Um, Asks Asuka to come down. Asuka comes down and pretty much is wondering, why does Becky have her briefcase? And that's a good question. How does Becky have the briefcase? How did she get it without Asuka knowing? Nobody knows, but that's not the point. The point is uh, Becky announces that she is vacating her Raw Women's Championship uh, Opens up the briefcase to show that the Raw Women's Championship was inside the briefcase all along, just like when we uh, realized that the confidence that we were seeking was in us all along. Um, does that work?
0: I think it's more appropriate than you know.
1: Yes is that is that how the secret works? Like you just envision the the thing that you want, and then it's been in the briefcase. It's been inside you all along. Um,
0: Wait, wait, so what's in the briefcases? So if it's in you all along, and it really is you all along, then it sounds something like this.
1: Dave, it's me, Dave. Yeah. She was the champion all along. So it was revealed that the Raw Women's Championship was inside the briefcase. Was it all along? No, not really, because... What? uh, Well, Greg, you you revealed it on Chairshot Radio that the Money in the Bank match was reported about a month ago
0: april 15th was the 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 the, the, the date almost a month
1: ago so it hasn't been in there the entire time but it was in there uh asuka celebrates she's really excited now she she is now raw women's champion um and you know celebrates around the ring it's actually pretty funny uh i haven't seen her that excited in a long time because she's been so angry that's part of the Kabuki Warriors.
0: That's true. And they still are there together and everything. You just made me think of something somewhat unrelated, so I'm going to do it really brief. AJ Styles in the Money in the Bank ladder match, right?
1: I mean, not according to WWE.com. The res- official results is that Otis one, But No, AJ Styles was in it. He was in it. I'm he sorry. In, yes, right. he was in it. And
0: it was recorded on April 15th. But when AJ made his return to Raw a couple weeks ago, it was widely reported by the Dave Meltzer of the World that he was brought back to thwart struggling ratings. But obviously he was in the match that was recorded April 15th, so he had to be brought back. So obviously he wasn't brought back to combat struggling ratings because once again, it was the plan all along. Okay, I'm off my
1: soapbox now. I thought you were going to allude to, we thought he was still buried uh, April 15th. Uh, because he was buried alive, so. didn't he appear
0: on the bump like the next week, though?
1: Well, was that also when they rec- recorded this? Was I don't it know, the week after WrestleMania, it's, essentially. It's this
0: whole weird space time like, continuum we- thing. I don't know,
1: yeah. That I was, I'm kind of disappointed that's not the direction. I mean, I'm glad you were able to, to debunk fake news. With you know, I mate. love to do that, you love to do that, but also, you know, this is not the show for it. <laughs> That is a chair shot radio type of conversation. The conversation should have been wasn't he still buried by at this point? And the answer was, who knows? But AJ's
0: response to all the burial stuff was so good. He was like, What? Some dirt was thrown on me. Why would you think I was dead? Like, I can't handle dirt being thrown on me. Like, it's just a really funny reaction to it. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. and, um, yeah. Going back to the original point, which at this point I I almost forgot. Uh, But uh, Asuka celebrates. She's around the ring. um, And the final words from Becky was, you know, telling Asuka, you go on and be a warrior. I'm going to go on and and be a mother. And that was her announcement uh, letting everyone know that she is pregnant. And that was, you know, essentially why she vacated the Raw Women's Championship. So We've gotten to today, Um, and that's a lot happening in just a few days. And really, my big item when it comes to the Women's Money in the Bank uh, briefcase now is It's all good. I very excited for Becky. I think overall the segment that they did uh, was fantastic. I actually really enjoyed Oscar in this role and kind of more of a lighthearted role and her celebration. Um, However, this is now three years in a row where we do not have an active money in the bank briefcase holder for the women. So, We've had four Money in the... Well, I guess five if you really, really want to get technical um, after, you know, the do-over of year one. But I'm going to just go straight to the the basics. We've had four uh, Money in the Bank women's title... Or not title holders, but four Money in the Bank briefcase holders for the women. Started off with Carmela, the very first one. We had the do-over because... Going back to the technicality aspect, well, she technically didn't retrieve the briefcase the first time around, James Ellsworth did. So they did the do-over the next night, and still she retrieved the briefcase and held onto that briefcase. The next year, we had Alexa Bliss, who retrieved the briefcase. Um, and then that same night, she cashed it in on... Um, Nia uh, Jax. Nia Jax, yes. Last year... We had Bailey retrieve the briefcase. And also that same night she cashed it in to beat Charlotte Flair. Now who had just four, beat Becky Lynch. Who had just beat Becky Lynch, yes.
0: Who um, had just beat Lacey Evans?
1: It's a twisted web wee t- We need a flow and chart. Then later, we had uh Oscar who retrieved the the briefcase and technically she Doesn't need the briefcase anymore because she is now the champion or the championship was in the briefcase all along. So my biggest gripe with this is that in three consecutive years, we've had pretty much these stories end within the same night. And in this case of the most recent uh, briefcase holder within 24 hours. And going back to the original Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, Carmella, she held that for a very long time, very much teasing when she would cash it in and took an opportune time to cash it in on Charlotte Flair after she had just finished a match and and retained um, and cashed it in in kind of the most um, well-known, most ideal circumstance. And uh, I mean, look, when we get down to it, we could probably just blame Edge. He did it so perfectly the first time around. He set the bar so high that it was expected that every cash-in was going to be that suspenseful. The uh, Just the fact that you are the briefcase holder and that you're holding on to it and you're planning, and, and it could be at any time, um, that it it added... Really, uh, not only a a big what if to, you know, who's holding it, but also um, it added some weight to the briefcase of how much that it really meant to that person to have an opportunity that you could cash in at any time really my biggest gripe is I really do feel like every year in the past three years, there's been a little less value to the cash in um, aspect because of the way that it's happened so quickly that it hasn't been as strategic as it was set up in the original uh, briefcase holder. And in my personal opinion and Pedro O'Dowell will love this. Carmela in the bank is the best briefcase holder, one of the best for both men and women's in in modern history, but absolutely for sure the best women's briefcase holder in this short history that we have had it. I don't know if this sounds too nitpicky, but at the same time, you know, we there was already a lot of ideas in fantasy booking about Shayna Baszler being the title to being the briefcase holder um, because we thought it would be an amazing way to set up another match with her and Becky Lynch. Pretty much her looming, pretty much always being there. Um, just Becky always having to turn her back to never knowing when Shayna Baszler would be there to cash in. That's not happening, of course, because of Becky Lynch's announcements and Shayna didn't win the the briefcase. Um, But also very feasible in that would have been Asuka, very much someone who could have held on to that briefcase for a long time. Um, I think as much as I appreciate the moment that they had in the big unveiling, I also do think that they should have vacated the title and done some kind of tournament or something. Um, Asuka could have been involved if she wanted to but also could have been looming saying whoever wins this just know I could cash in on you at any moment I think that would have been a more appealing long term story in the short term you got the warm and fuzzies you got this great moment and you also got a bit of an Asuka turn, um, where she may be more of a face now a face champion. But I, I want to know your thoughts, Greg, if, if I'm crazy in thinking this, if if the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase has lost some of that prestige because of the way that it's been handled the past few years, or is this just short-term hindsight? Um, or,
0: yeah. I think what you're feeling there is natural, and there's a lot of thoughts that I have, and I'm going to kind of go maybe backwards. I don't know. I don't think the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase has lost its prestige because it, to me... It's just a money in the bank briefcase. I don't think it's a separate briefcase because it's the women's. And I've complained publicly that why is the women's briefcase still smaller than the men's? Like that shouldn't even be the case anymore. It's
1: facts. We've done, we've, we figured that out. We, we went to the Royal Rumble in 2019. Well, yeah, and that
0: was 2019, but yet in 2020, they're still using a smaller one. Like it just doesn't make sense. I'm okay with the different colors. And we used to have the red and the blue back, back in the day. And I actually really liked the green one, but it just, and and it was funny because the smaller one was the same price as the bigger one. That's what we were really complaining about because mm-hmm. capitalism. Um, and capitalism is why the world's opening back up next week. But that's a whole other <laughs> topic. Um, so I don't I, I view Money in the Bank prestige as, as the same. So I want to, and there's literally several different things I want to talk about based on all the great things that you said. The cash ins that you referenced, because we really have only had one woman carrying the briefcase, like you mentioned, and that's Carmella. I loved Alexa Bliss's cash in when she did it like Ronda Rousey and the big match with Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss cashes in only to lose to to Ronda at SummerSlam the next pay-per-view event but it was so Alexa Bliss at the time especially with her character it fit and it just made perfect sense and the way she went out there and interfered in the match and and ended up winning the briefcase I thought it was, was brilliant Alexa Bliss booking fast forward to last year and Bayley's cash in like the crowd was on fire for it. I mean, it was such a great moment. You had, you know, Becky had a deal with Lacey Evans. Then Charlotte comes right out and you have that match and that causes Becky to lose. And so Charlotte got one up on Becky and here she is. She's the queen. LOL, Charlotte wins. And then, boom, she gets cashed in on by, by Bailey. And so I think there's been some really good elements of storytelling that have taken place with the briefcase. And so I'm okay with it for that reason. I, I think they tend to not book historically when it comes to things like that they tend to book on what's going on in the moment and i think all of those have worked and i love carmella carrying the briefcase until you know the night after wrestlemania when she cashed in on on charlotte and and did what she did in spectacular fashion as well i think it was a couple of nights after wrestlemania but now you go and, and as you said fast forward to this week when becky lynch had to surrender the raw women's championship and they used the money in the money in the bank briefcase to put it on asuka at first, it's kind of jarring to do it that way. It's just weird, but it's different, and and they don't always do different. And some I'm okay with different in that sense. I do think there would have been a lot of entertainment in Oscar carrying the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I think that that could have could have really worked and really been entertaining. I think there would have been a lot of entertainment in having a tournament to crown the new Raw Women's Champion, and Oscar. I would have loved, you know, you, you you love to sometimes force me a fantasy book. I would have loved to see the finals come down to Oscar and Shayna Baszler. And, you know, maybe Shayna does what everyone does to her and reverses a move and, like, pins Oscar while Oscar has her in a choke. But that has worn Shayna down so much that Oscar turns right around and cashes in right after losing the tournament final and becomes the briefcase, you know, cash in the briefcase to, to win. But then if you look at WWE as a whole, we've got a tournament going on on NXT right now to crown a brand-new cruiserweight champion because Jordan Devlin's stuck in the U.K., And as Patrick O'Dowd texted me after recording a chair shot radio...
1: Yeah, breaking news! Sami Zayn
0: is forfeiting or having to to forfeit the Intercontinental Championship, and a tournament's going to start on uh, SmackDown to crown a new Intercontinental Champion. Now, it doesn't seem like that's an interim championship even though the Cruiserweight is an interim championship. Who knows? So then you would have had three of these tournaments going on at the same time. Now, maybe that's not a bad thing given that we need the programming and and we don't have crowds and, and all of that, but... It, it's it's something where I at first thought thought the same thing. This was a horrible way to move the belt over from one to the other. Oscar um, does have wins over Becky. We were there for one of them at the Royal Rumble. Becky literally tapped out to Oscar. I don't think she's done that since. She's barely taken any losses since. Um, and then Oscar, of course, you know, won the ladder match at, at TLC later that year over Becky and Charlotte. So. Asuka's a hell of a decorated champion. A lot of people, I think, sometimes forget that.
1: Well, and now, I mean, kind of jokingly, she's beaten WWE. There's been a lot of fun um, content out there, but she has won every major title, every major match that there is for her to win. Yeah. She's completed all levels. So yep. I do think that if anyone, if this were to happen, Asuka is a, a really fitting person for this role and for this opportunity. And also that it is Becky giving this to Asuka after uh, the matches that they've had over the past year. It all fits. I, I, absolutely. I feel like it fits in storytelling. And to have someone of the caliber of Asuka be kind of this next title holder after becky has held the raw women's championship for so long um is only fitting
0: plus if you think about it too do they even have the talent at their disposal, given the way they're taping right now, to pull off a good women's title tournament on Raw? They may not. And, and no, I
1: mean, maybe not a tournament, but they could have done, you know, some other match, type of
0: triple match. triple threat match, something like that. Yeah, or
1: triple threat, right. whatever it would have been. But uh, I do see what you mean as far as you literally could have three different tournaments all happening at once and there could have been some variance in the way that they were set up but still having three tournaments having happening simultaneously even that's too much for wwe so going to back to you know what you're saying about this being different absolutely i mean that is one of the biggest gripes that as fans we hear a lot is they don't do things differently you know they're not very creative and they to their credit they're trying i think this was one of the most creative unveilings uh or forfeitures of a belt ever so i i really do like how it happened but going back historically too, again three years you do make also valid points about what they meant in the moment. I remember totally marking out about Bailey's cash in last year because she was in a down slump. That was the first time in a while fans had been on her side cheering her on to defeat Charlotte. And it really did then set the tone for her record-breaking SmackDown Women's Championship run as well. And the same thing for Alexa Bliss. I mean, it was so in character for her. It also then fed into her story with Nia. So in the moment, absolutely, those cash had a meaning. They had a time and a place. They helped push storyline into things that we still see today. But also after a while and again, this is just me, I get kind of tired of seeing that same thing happen year after year. And you think this is going to be the year that things change. Of course, again, it's a very different way. No one would have expected that this is how the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase would have been utilized this year, but it did. And I definitely commend them for being creative. But also after a a while, we get if they keep doing this in some kind of manner year after year where the briefcase is really only seen for a short amount of t- time, do do you think people lose interest in it?
0: Maybe. I, I think you run that risk, and that's where the challenge of booking and writing and all that comes into play. I mean, <laughs> you know, Brock Lesnar held it not too long ago, and and he – you know, did a great job with it. And it was fun. And he was carrying around like a boom box. And we got boombox Brock, you know, it's funny that when you talked about edge.
1: <laughs> I have to admit. Yeah, it was oh, hilarious. Was my favorite did
0: briefcase it? holder and my favorite cash in ever is actually the Miz. And I loved his cash in on, on Randy Orton, the way he did it. And you go back and watch it. Like it's, it's masterfully done. And cause the Miz was like the first person you were like, maybe this guy's going to lose. Cause it's the Miz. And he wasn't a big deal. And then they turned him into a big deal honestly they could repair that next year somebody can get that briefcase and have a good run with it now if if next year's briefcase holder doesn't hold you know if that thing's resolved within 24 hours okay that's four years and you do it once okay i get it you do it twice it made sense within the story you do it this time you know what storyline necessitated it probably wouldn't have happened that way otherwise the fourth year, it's like now you got to go into next year with an intentional plan that someone's going to hold this thing for a decent amount of time and and someone who can use it to tell a good story you know, like Carmella did. So, yeah, I, I guess for me, I'm not going to make that distinction because this year was their hand was a little forced. At least they had to do yeah. something, and this is the something they went yeah. with. So I'm going to give them that. Next year, it's like, okay. Now what are you doing? Like ne- if we hit this point next year and we're sitting here on the hashtag Miranda Show and we're complaining about Money in the Bank, I'm gonna be a hundred percent like, yep, this is dumb. Just like I was about the Money in the Bank matches in general this year. But I'm gonna give them this one and see. But next year they gotta they gotta change it up. They do.
1: Yeah. I, I I agree. And and who knows a year from now, you know, what what the scene will look like for the women's money in the bank uh, ladder match I, will be fascinating. I, I was thinking just earlier about so many potential, even for my next team. And we fantasy booked uh, the possibility of a Bianca Belair being a part of this year's and how fascinating that would have been in the context of Titan Towers. Next year, we also will probably see more of a traditional ladder match. Fingers crossed um so that too will add a, a very different dynamic to the feel of the match it could go back and add uh more to the esteem of both the men and the women's ladder matches so that could help already but also I do think if they bring in super strong competitors I mean they have a lot of of opportunity even from NXT um we already talked about Bianca Belair but even you know what that means for an Iroh Shirai uh Candice Lorray, um even a Dakota Cup Hi, uh you know any of those women could come up to the main roster anytime between now and then and the work that they're doing in NXT is really fantastic and being able to translate that into a match like the women's money in the bank ladder match I mean we already saw that a bit too in NXT having their somewhat equivalent uh and and how phenomenal that was um it, it just leaves a, a lot of room for fantastic possibilities and uh, like I said, I, I'm already fantasy booking a Bianca Belair having that briefcase. One, how blinged out, and how good she would look with that. Like, one, she already has the attire to match it. And I did, in a you know previous episode uh, of the Hashtag Miranda Show, already eliminate Alistair Black from carrying it because it just doesn't go with his outfit. And you know what?
0: Well, he's dead now, I, so it doesn't matter.
1: Well, yeah, he's he's a ghost. But as weird as it's a thing to think about when you are booking this match, it also makes sense because it's entertainment. I mean, like Mela made this and personified Miss Money in the Bank. It really added more to her personality. To her outfits, all of that, it it elevated her to another level. I could absolutely see and will campaign uh, for the next year for Bianca Belair to have this. It just to me, it makes sense, and she is in the perfect spot in her career where um, she's still super athletic, just a fantastic competitor and wrestler. Still new enough on the scene where something like this could launch her into the stratosphere Um, and and as much too as as strategic as she could be with something like this. So, you know, maybe a year from now, I will be right. Maybe a year from now, I'll be wrong. Who knows? But we're just going to have to to wait and see. Overall, um, again, many of the podcasts on the ShareShot Radio Network uh, are talking about money in the bank. So if you want more of an in-depth analysis about the entire event, you could listen to that. But again, this was a topic that was just kind of bothering me, bugging me for a little bit Um, uh, just because, you know, it's a pattern that we're seeing. So hopefully next year is not four years in a row where someone cashes in within 24 hours, 48 hours. There is a title in there. I. God knows, hopefully not. So the last topic I want to talk about today is something that was also announced on Raw. Something I'm very excited for because it's bringing something back technically, sort of. I'll explain. So last night on Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre sent out an invitation uh, to one Baron Corbin who was on SmackDown, inviting him to come on Raw to face him for the uh universal championship. Wild card bitches. Yee-haw! It's back. It's back. And essentially what it is it's the wild card rule. Let's keep wild let's card, be real bitches! about it. It's, it's back. It is a wild card rule 2.0 uh, because we know invitations. Like, where where's Manners coming in? The only person who has Manners in WWE is Lacey Evans. And, you know, that comes and goes when she's heel or, or, or face. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to have, you know, SmackDown wrestler, superstar come on to Raw. I am sure on Friday night there will be an invitation from someone on SmackDown to invite someone from Raw. To, to come in next week you know and then eventually people are going to just start showing up no one's going to feel invited anymore they're going to say screw the invitation i'm just going to show up to wrong and show up to SmackDown." and we're going to have the wild card rule back into effect and, and i'm I so mean-
0: sad because back when we had the first wild card rule it was basically a reason to get this guy in every show
1: this is my yard now
0: and now we can't do that cause, and Kofi cuz Kofi wasn't ever show too back when they did that and and now Kofi's in a tag team again and Roman's in at home. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that but I'm excited about it. I mean, this is the time to do it. It's it, it double, mm-hmm. double double it's summertime is the time to do this kind of thing. That's when they did it last year. It's like almost like to the to the year, like to the day when they announced this craziness last year. But it's also, you know, it's just with everything that's going on in the world right now, It makes perfect sense. Maybe, maybe someone from raw is going to be in the intercontinental championship tournament that we just learned about a little while ago. There's so many possibilities. In fact, the possibilities are endless. I'm okay with it. I really am. I'm more okay with it this time than I was last time.
1: Yes. Yes. And I, I, I don't see what the big deal is about this time. I know that uh, a lot of that was building up to know us knowing that there was going to be another brand split because this was happening right before uh, SmackDown was on Fox. And there was a lot of rumors and news speculating uh, about how Fox wanted certain people on their show and USA wanted certain people on their show. And they wanted to have different feels and different vibes um, and, and selling points for each show. But you're absolutely right we live in a time now where options are limited uh, and in order to c- keep producing new content on a weekly basis when you don't have a crowd when you have limitations on wrestlers who are active on the roster, it absolutely makes sense to do some crossover uh, and when you have a, a you know an intercontinental championship tournament you have a new women's champion who's going to be needing new competitors to go through. Why not start doing some some crossover and brands and inner promotion? It's a smart thing to do. And um, at, at this time, I mean, what do you have left to lose? Really, you don't have a whole lot to, to lose. You can actually create more interesting storylines because you've had a division now for at least since October. So not a long time, right. but enough where, you know, as, as wrestling fans, we can also have short-term memory. I know I do. Sometimes I have a memory of a goldfish. And you forget who's already wrestled someone or who's already been in a program with someone or just that time apart, um, being able to, you know, bring people back together, puts things in a fresh perspective. Um, And it, you know, ratings is a whole other subject and topic because there is uh, a lot of negative press around ratings. But a lot of that has to do with viewership all over to pretty much on every type of of show is going down for multiple reasons, mainly because more people now are focusing on news networks to get, you know, the latest update and information on, you know, the current pandemic. People are reverting more still to streaming services. All those types of things are all factors in it. So ratings, you know, overall are, are down, but it does come down to, you know, how do you keep things fresh when you are almost booking in some ways with your hands tied behind your back? Um, you, you're very limited in options and resources. So when you have such a big roster, it's one thing to bring people up, of course, utilize local talent, utilize people from NXT, but when you're really building things um, up when you really don't have a, a lot of a lot of options to go with i mean what better utilization than the, the invitational rule aka the wildcard rule 2.0 wildcard bitches yeah
0: couple of things first of all last year when they brought in the wildcard rule it was on these shows. I don't know which one, but these shows where I flat out told you it's because they're going to do in the draft. Like the, fr- the the last draft was so bad that they had enacted wild card rule, and it was just so they could blow it up again in October with with the split. The other thing, and this came up in in, in the chair shot Facebook group uh, regarding the the return of the wild card rule, is. I would take this over another draft. Like, they typically, sometime after WrestleMania, they do a shake-up. And we had multiple shake-ups and drafts last year. I don't want to see one in 2020 at all. And so I think that this is a better way to go. And I would much rather do that than have to deal with another draft or another shakeup. We heard rumors of a shakeup after WrestleMania. And I just, you know, the very first time they did a draft, they waited two years before they did any type of shakeup, any type of redraft. And we, we literally got two last year plus a wild card rule. I'm cool with it not happening this year. So I'm okay if a wild card rule is what we get in place of it. Just to kind of bridge the gap. I don't think there should be any roster movement this year. And to me, this is a much better alternative.
1: Do you think with this wildcard two point rule that we almost lose a little bit of this brand specific superstars on a on a long term basis that this could because uh, of the impact on maybe attendance um, or even viewership, that they decide to to keep this for a longer period of time instead of having uh, superstars on distinct brands. Maybe,
0: um, and maybe that's by need. Who knows? You know, maybe if certain shows are lacking, stop. I remember WB has told their talent, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to work. And I know some people have really bandied about whether or not that's true. I believe that's true, and I believe they're going to continue that. And so I'm comfortable with this as an alternative. I do think you'll lose some of that. It just depends. Like It got so bad with the wild card rule last time that people forgot who was on what brand. And people were appearing and not even being acknowledged as being from another brand. So to me, it's all in the presentation. And I feel like they've been better about those kind of things now. I feel like it'd be like like if Baron Corbin's on RAW, I think they'll be very specific about the fact that that Smackdown's Baron Corbin, even if it's every week for 8 weeks, they'll, uh, god, I hope it's not cuz Baron Corbin sucks, but I think that they'll be nice. very good about that in the long term. Um I just it's all in how they present it. it's, it's all in what they do and it, and hopefully it has a defined end cuz sometimes WWE just lets things die, like the Flash Wildcard rule, they never told us when it was over. It was just over. And, and that's kind of what they do. They don't want to tell you. It's like it's why they don't talk about Roman Reigns that much. It's not because there's an edict. It's because they don't want to keep pointing out that he's not there, especially when the whole crux of his WrestleMania 34 match with Brock Lesnar was the fact that Brock was never there. So it's to me, it's just it it, it can take away some of the importance of the brand split and some of that significance unless they do it right. And and they've been doing it right this year. So I'm willing to kind of see that out and see what they do. But I do think what you mentioned is a tremendous risk in what they're doing.
1: Well, and another reason why I don't think this particular iteration of the invitational rule, and I'm just calling it a rule, but this inv- this aspect of, of being an invitation is going to last is the element of surprise. We literally just saw that yesterday you mentioned on chair shot radio that you were kind of surprised that they didn't announce ahead of time that Becky Lynn's had, you know, a very specific announcement of being pregnant because it was an element of surprise. And they know that that could draw people in when you don't know what to expect. So continuously laying out every week, who from which brand is going to come over, that's going to get boring after a while and fans are going to expect it. And they're going to be able to see or, or know, you know, what's happening and, and not, feel compelled to tune in. But when it's a surprise, like the wild card rule, they're maybe more likely to want to tune in because then you don't know who from what brand is going to show up. And hopefully that does incorporate NXT. That could also be the outstanding element that could happen because Survivor Series set the precedence for NXT coming into both Raw and SmackDown. And if that's an element that and we've also just seen that now too, um from uh, matches here and there um, of, of NXT superstars coming to, to Raw and SmackDown. But if that's an additional element, maybe too that NXT is incorporated into this invitational where they can invite someone from Raw or SmackDown in there. That's a whole other element that can really add a, a huge surprise. I mean, you already have Charlotte Flair as the NXT women's champion um, and of course, you know, she could defend that on Raw or SmackDown. That's already been something that's, that's been speculated uh, already. Um, we, if we start to see more of that interaction again from NXT to the other brands, that could be a game changer. And again, what could make something like the Invitational Rule, aka the Wildcard Rule 2.0, uh, better this time around than previously? Wildcard, bitches!
0: think the NXT involvement is, is something that I hadn't even thought of and, and that's a brilliant point because it's they, they they set that precedent with Survivor series and it was highly entertaining. One of my favorite just off moments from last year was when the club, the OC showed up on NXT and Tommaso Ciampa walked out and welcomed them to the main roster of NXT. And it was just such a great moment. And, and Ciampa of course carries the NXT flag better than anybody. And it's weird too, because they still kind of, especially with Bianca Belair going to Raw and the forgotten sons going to SmackDown, they still kind of have the call up aspect of it all. And it's still very, very real thing. More real. than I think we were willing to admit when NXT went to the USA network, I think the element of having people go across all three brands is, is very, very possible. Um, it also, again, is risky, like you talked about before. It's just you got to do it without blurring the lines so much that you can't unblur them. And that's the biggest challenge of it all. Like You've got to be so specific about indicating who's from where and using the different graphics and really just driving that home on commentary. As much as people complain when commentary overdoes it on things sometimes you gotta overdo it on things to make sure people understand it's also a great boost for nxt if they do that because they've used you know quote unquote main roster talent on nxt to boost ratings in the past and that's what they were doing with charlotte and that's what they've done with finn balor although i think i'm ready to call his nxt run a failure but that's a whole different topic for another time um I honestly think that this could open up some more opportunity and, and some highly entertaining moments because it's just the talent they have at their disposal, especially with the new taping schedule and everything they're doing. Um, I think they absolutely should involve NXT. And, and it's just time. Like... I'm ready to see Velveteen Dream work his magic elsewhere besides NXT, and I think that there's a lot that can be done with this iteration of the wild It's just the wild card rule now. It's, that's the official name. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it's it's hey, it even has just more appeal when you say wild card rule than invitational. Yeah, exactly. Invitational. Why should you? Wait, bitches! Yeah!
0: But I do think. I'm for it. I'm more for it now than I was last year. I didn't hate it last year, but I didn't love it either. But I think the timing is right, and I think that it's uh, it's an opportunity. I don't know why they're not using the name. Maybe they felt negative about it last year, and that's why they don't want to reuse the name. I don't know because of the negative reaction that fans had. Who knows? I think people would be all about it. People are all about it. Everyone's calling it the wild card rule regardless of, of what yeah, they're calling for... it because that's what the damn yeah, thing it's... is. Because <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, it's much more appealing. Yeah, there was – I I get that maybe the execution of it wasn't the greatest, but the actual rule, the naming of it, I mean, also, just like anything else, when something goes away for a little bit and then it comes back, people are more appreciative of it. There's now more people who are excited about this than than they were uh, when the original wildcard rule came out because we've had time to, you know, mourn it process it, and forget about it. And now we remember it, and it's great again. Because we all love nostalgia. (laughs) Nostalgia mark right here.
0: And it's only one year. Is it really nostalgia when it's only one year later? But apparently it is with this one. It
1: feels like forever, Greg. It does. You know that it's been only two months. I know, right?
0: It does. (laughs) Because many of us have
1: been in stay-at-home and quarantine.
0: You know, it's funny, too, that you bring up the, the aspect of last year. This happens a lot to WWE. They will introduce something. And everyone will hate it. And then they bring it back and everyone likes it. it. It's just very, very... Like, when they changed the Elimination Chamber, it was like, oh my god, why'd you change the Chamber? It's so horrible. By the second year, people were like, I like this Chamber. This is a good Chamber. This is a pretty Chamber. Let's keep using this Chamber. And, you know, it didn't really work with the Red Hell in a Cell or the Red Lights for, for Bray Wyatt, for The Fiend, but um, or going to Saudi Arabia. But there's a lot of things that they've introduced... And then when they went, people love gender now. And people hated them the first time around. So it's just really a lot of, you know, sometimes WWE was right and people were just resistant to it because it was WWE. And then once it's gone, they realize, okay, I kind of did like that. And I feel like that's what we're getting with the wild card rule. Now, it jumped the shark the week that 13 people showed up on SmackDown that weren't supposed to be on SmackDown. But hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Hopefully they keep it to a minimum. But who knows? Yeah, if they and, can, if
1: they can manage it. I mean, you could still have a wild card, but it'd be manageable. That oh, yeah. That is going back to a fine line, you know. You, you can't overdo it. You have to have it within reason. And even if it's a one-off, it it's, then still has to mean something, you know, uh, in, in the long run. whether it adds to someone's character to their win streak or it's just a great showcase of talent um, whether it's you know different wrestling styles clashing similar styles but you have one on you know raw one on smackdown if you add even a third element you know doing a triple threat almost a la survivor series with someone from nxt you know i mean there's there's lots of different ways that they could do it but just as long as you don't overdo it and they don't really seem to have the means to overdo it. So that works in their favor, but it's also WWE. So, you know, they overdo it. It's everything. like, hold yeah. my, hold my beer. Exactly. You know, like when oh, you don't think we can overdo spread. it, Miranda, you don't think we can overdo it.
0: We can overdo it. Wait, two weeks from now when Otis cashes in on Adam Cole. I will cry on the air when Shut
1: up and take my money.
0: Out. No, shut up and keep your money. Do not look if he if he unsuccessfully cashes in on Adam Cole. That's one well, thing. Well,
1: he's of course going to unsuccessfully cash on Adam Cole. He's Otis is not going to be Adam Cole.
0: He better not. I will cancel. But no, I won't. I will cancel anything if that happens. Come on, <laughs> now. I, I can't even pretend like I. I it's. NXT's on the network This is such good shit
1: Yeah then, then he'd lose Adam Cole forever And that's that's a risk he's not willing to take
0: Absolutely not That that will never
1: Absolutely not
0: Never happen That's a so, non-negotiable
1: <laughs> You know it, it It's a crazy time But you know I, I'm I'm very optimistic and, and very hopeful for you know what what's to present in the next few weeks, um, you know right? Money in the bank still happening, right? That's a thing.
0: It's still a thing. But I mean, it. yeah, yeah
1: it, it it no, it's happening, right?
0: You have the memory of a goldfish.
1: Yes, 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 I do. Mm-hmm. That's my cheap attempt at humor. Um, Greg will edit that out.
0: I have a one-edit maximum, and you already used it earlier in the show.
1: Damn it. uh oh, okay. Well, it was your terrible joke, so I'm, I'll give credit where credit's due. You they, were they supposed to you could go back to the actual uh, topic. You should have been like, now we're going to
0: talk about the women's money in the bank briefcase. That would have been – that was my terrible attempt at a joke.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. That's also a lesson learned just never to to use your ideas again.
0: Especially alive. especially my idea like that, like text it to you during a show, is probably like we usually yeah. vet them out first and make sure they're good and we make them better. I know. And, same I, and with you know your I ideas can't
1: multitask. Me. I can't podcast and read text. <laughs> Same we time. did prove that during chair <laughs> shot
0: radio. You're right.
1: <laughs> Which is why I got in trouble at chair shot radio. So we've really come full circle on this week's hashtag Miranda show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Greg DeMarco on social media at chair shot Greg. You can find the chair shot on social media at the And of course the Chairshot.com. I am on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Um, Feel free to leave comments. Let us know what you think about the show, uh, provide insight on any of the topics that we've talked about this week, suggestions for future topics and all of the above. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am continuously grateful for all of the listeners uh, who chime in, who come in, you know, every week, even if you just come in every so often to listen, it means a lot during this time where, uh, You know, without local wrestling, without, you know, wrestling to physically be at, it kind of leaves a hole in your heart. It leaves a hole in your schedule as well. Uh, But it is also been a great time to explore different aspects of of professional wrestling, get involved in new projects and continue to do, you know, what what we enjoy doing, which is talking about wrestling. So uh, I'm excited for what's to come, um, again, also check me out on the uh, English edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast on luchacentral.com, um, chairshot.com, chairshot.com, chairshot.com. Uh, for every time I mention Lucha Central, I have to mention the Chairshot. You, you don't. Uh, you
0: don't have to do that. That's okay.
1: I, I mean, the chairshot.com always use your head
0: although it could be funny it, it could
1: be it could yeah it could be it could be contact contractually obligated who knows uh, but again thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week hi <laughs>